All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's me, your homie, just coming off the high of getting my new anime tattoo. It's your host who loves skin stickers, Brian, and we are being certainly entertained in this district. Of course, I have my usual partners in crime with me. Hi, guys. It's Emily. Super happy to be here with you this Sunday um, and excited to see how this continues to play out in the entertainment district. We'll keep it moving. Hey y'all, it's Hannah, and since Brian now has a new anime tattoo, I'm seriously considering getting Set Your Heart Ablaze on my body in the next month or so. We'll see. Stay tuned. Do it, do it, bad influence, <laughs> do it. No, 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 Set Your Heart Ablaze, remember? That's no. what we want. <laughs> no. I can, my heart cannot handle any more Rengoku Donut jokes. For real. So please no. done (laughs) all right well of course we open this episode with zanko missing all of a sudden concerning moreover the master of the house is he pretty much couldn't care less about what's happened to him or the others have gone away what does this tell us about the dynamic of the house based on how we see this conversation play out and who's really running the show here oh we know who's really running the show here and it's not this guy and it's not omitsu and it's not zanko (laughs) um i i think that the dynamic of this house we already kind of know is very on edge because of the situation with omitsu from a few days ago so i think he's just getting more and more nervous that something horrible is gonna happen at the hands of warabehime for sure he's very scared of her clearly i think it's very obvious and He's just kind of letting things go just because he's scared that she's going to do something if he continues to fight it. Very true. We love a powerful businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> we know that what is running the show here. And uh, this, this guy is just the front because women can't run their own businesses in still a lot of places in the world, but certainly not in Taisho, Japan, Um, so somebody has to be the front for the business, but he's going to do everything he can to stay out of her way. Women's History Month. All right. We love a little bit of her story, right? Um, the baddest bitches in her story, as RuPaul says, I think. Um, after that, though, we do flip to a different dialogue, certainly more animated as well, where we see Inosuke trying to charades out the demon he found at his house. What do you think of this conversation and the multiple contents of it? And we also get to see Uzui show up and leave without a flash. Let's just go over this scene really quickly because there's a lot here. There definitely is a lot here. Um, this is the first time in, in a little while that we've seen Tangen show back up um, and dressed and ready for his Hashira activities as well. Um, so you can tell, I think, that he's a little bit on edge. Um, and I'm interested in, you know, how he kind of insinuates, I think that he feels that maybe they're not up for this task because he knows that what they're dealing with is maybe stronger than what he had initially anticipated. So he doesn't want to put them in harm's way. I think, even though he's a little bit more brash than, the other Hashira we've interacted with so far, he his duty is still to protect. And so I think that he feels like maybe they're in a little bit too deep in this situation. Whereas like Tanjiro and Inosuke, 
I don't think feel that way at this point and they want to prove their worth. So um, the fact though, that Tengen is nervous probably should make us a little bit nervous. I'm already nervous <laughs> from the last episode. <laughs> Upper six. Frick. I mean, I mean, we're, we're out of lower moons at this point though. So it's not like we can do anything less than that, but um, oh, this, this conversation is so chaotic. I do. <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely hilarious. Tengen like shows up and of course Tanjiro is very good at smelling and Yosuke is very good at like feeling and neither one of them knew he was coming, which just shows how skilled Tengen is with the art of uh, stealth. And then he mentions that Zenitsu's gone missing. The way that Tanjiro and Inosuke changed the subject so quickly... <laughs> made me giggle a little bit i was like you didn't even like worry about it i think it's just because of what they've been through they know like they're they're gonna get him and, and tanjiro later mentions that he knows that zenitsu's still alive but it was it, it made me chuckle a little bit but um it's a wild conversation and i think that it's an important one that they needed to have with a lot of comedy intertwined and definitely shows us that i think tengen is caring more about them than he is letting on already just based off of the fact that as soon as things start to go wrong with this, he's like, "You, yeah, you're not, you need to leave. Like he's doing it to protect them. So I think we're starting to see kind of that softer side of him as he's kind of been a jerk to them the whole time. So I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Hell yeah. I also like the quick conversation that they had about the ranks. And, and, and I mean, this coming from Inosuke, too. Inosuke was like, yeah, don't you remember at final selection when they, like, fiddled with our arms? And he's like, Tanjiro is like, yeah, I remember that, but I, I don't remember what happened. I was too tired for that. And he's like, yeah, all you gotta do is just say this keyword, and then it flashes onto your arm. And I was like, all right, Inosuke, like, you paid attention more than Tanjiro? What? I was like, okay, props, bud. Nice For what's Tanjiro's the one that's like, uh... Eh? <laughs> Looks like they got some skin stickers of their own. <laughs> Perfect, right? Um, even after Tengen leaves, though, the two boys are still scratching their heads, trying to figure out what's going on with this demon. Natanjiro speculates there's a passageway between the houses. What were you all thinking was going on with the belts being able to be in so many places at once? Yeah, I'll admit I was very confused the first few episodes. Like, what is happening? Because... Also, in the first episode, we saw Makio, who, you know, was entrapped in the belts. And there was this, like, demon mouth, but we're seeing this demon that's, you know, very human-like. So I was just confused about what's happening where, which house is what. So this definitely cleared things up a little bit for me. Thank you, Tanjiro, for clearing things up for me. Um, it it's an interesting battle tactic or an interesting tactic of hiding i think and we're seeing more and more of just what Daki is capable of and what power she has possibly over like another demon ish kind of you know with the belt demon so interesting to see and definitely makes sense to why we haven't really seen the belts yet but we kind of have it it's it's all over the place for me for sure true we've seen belts aplenty but where are they coming from? That is like seemingly disconnected from 
anything so far other than perhaps the the floating set of lips that we've seen without like a major reveal yet um so it is interesting and it's also different than um any of the other demons that we've seen the boys encounter so far closest maybe in in my mind at this point to Enmu on the Mugen train kind of like fusing with an object that's inanimate this is another take on that seemingly so far although whether or not that's true we're gonna find out so um definitely helpful to have the little explanation from Tanjiro and like there's a passageway and it makes sense that it would be really hard to kill people without blowing cover in the entertainment <laughs> district <laughs> so probably a good way to keep the blood underground <laughs> um helpful explanation very good for um, Demon Slayer 101 in my brain. <laughs> you bring up something oh, good because yeah. it was definitely interesting that he mentioned like, yeah, it's good for this demon to be hiding here because it's a nightlife district, but that also can be really hard because she does have to work and you can't like just disappear every night to go prowl for humans. So that was an interesting call out too that he said. And I was like, you know, like that's kind of true. Like that can be really hard. So interesting that we're we're kind of moving forward in the story arc of this demon here. Yeah, I like that. Those were really both really good points from both. Yeah, I like that. And of course, right, Tanjiro never, uh, you know, walks away from something. He leaves his conversation with conviction in his heart, promised to act as if everyone was still alive and able to be saved. He goes back to the Tokito house. Quick side note, that surname sounds familiar, eh? Yeah. Eh? Oh. I don't know. I don't know if that's canon that like somehow Moichiro is related to this house, but we'll save that for another day. He packs his things, pays his rent and lodging and lets the Oiren know that he's leaving and that he was a dude the entire time. Now let's chat about her response real quick. I think. it. I mean. We're, we're coming now to the conclusion of like this funny joke that's been running for most of the season so far. Um, I think that it's really fun to see her kind of be surprised, I think, at the fact that she was like duped a little bit, um, but also like relaxing because it's like, oh, that kind of actually makes sense. And um, you know, he's telling her that he's going to go rescue the girls that have gone missing. So I think that she's like relieved and like, oh, okay. And, and you're such a nice boy slash girl. <laughs> you're going to do great. Go out there and do well. Gambare. <laughs> oh, I love how she's like, oh, I knew you were a guy. And he's just like, eh? Who knew I was busted? <laughs> just like. Oh, like it was so obvious because he's so bad at lying. But it just—it's also interesting to me that she just kind of let him be. I, you know, I feel like that's like a very trusting move on her part that could have backfired very quickly. <laughs> like maybe you should not just trust. Like, yeah, I knew you were a boy, and I'm gonna let you be in this brothel. Like, totally fine. We um, are inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> interesting um and i i think this conversation was really sweet and really just kind of like a nice little like oh like she she's gonna go off she's gonna get married and good for her 
Tandra's being sweet and giving her money for lodging. Like, who would think of that? Like, here, I'm leaving. Here's some money. Like, just a really great conversation, but silly as well. I like the way that Tandra was just like, I was busted. Rip. I mean, I think it was cute that at least, like, she was like, yeah, I kind of knew. But, like, I figured you had your own motives. And I was like, all right. She not she not as uh she not just a pretty face there. So we get yeah. to see some more herstory, as if you will, for Demon Slayers. Now Koinatsu gets some more screen time after Tandra leaves the room. However, it's not the screen time we would have wanted to give her, and she's now left alone with our demon that we know is upper six. Seems bad. That's rough, buddy. Oh God, I. I need to work on my attachment to characters because all that she had to say was, I'm going to go get married and like be happy. And then I'm like, frick, she's going to die. And I was so mad about it. <laughs> it doesn't seem good at all. No, sorry. I'm not happy about it. No, absolutely not. It's like, and that's just the nature of the demons in the show is like taking happiness away from humankind or like robbing them of futures that they would have had otherwise and again this is a character that we like barely know that we don't get a lot of screen time with but it is like oh like good for her she's gonna go have a nice life nope cut short and it's a very very brief synopsis of like the entire fight and like what the demon slayers stand for because it's it's not fair so not not good very bad yeah i mean hey it's unfortunate but i hope that we can maybe get towards them or get back at them somehow here um now anosuke is waiting around for tandra while he is trying to hunt the demon down but decides to take matters in his own hands only way he's gonna do it is by bursting through the ceiling get the muscle mice to deliver his sword and outfit and this is the first time we're seeing muscle mice and off he goes Uzui is also going back to get ready for the fight as he speaks with the master of the house and asks for more info. Are we starting to see Uzui be more of a good guy than we thought? I think so. I think we're good. I mean, but he's still kind of being a bad boy for this. But this time we kind of like it, I think, because it's like in defense of one of his wives, which is kind of nice. We're seeing him, I think, get a little bit more serious than he had been he has a much more like laissez-faire kind of um interest in maintaining the flashy persona so far that we've seen this is where like things are getting real you know um he's a little bit threatening in this it's like it you can sense i think the power of the hashira in this interaction that he has like he's holding this guy at the edge of a uh, a kunai knife so it's like, I don't know, the stakes are getting real. He's getting a little bit more involved and not as hands off as he was to let the boys go undercover and try to garner the information. He's taking actionable steps to find what's going on. So I do think I like him a little bit more. I think that he is a little bit better of a guy than we've maybe given him credit for, although he is still definitely like a little bit strange too, just like everybody else in this freaking show. But <laughs> We love him. He also thinks he's doing this alone at this point. Like he he sent the boys home and he thinks they just listen to him. But 
I never really thought he was a bad guy. You know, I, I think he was kind of a jerk at the beginning, but not like, like still like, I mean, he's a Hashira. He's fighting for the good of humanity. So like, there's got to be that side to him for sure. We just haven't really seen it yet. Um, more of just like a rough introduction of him just kind of being wild and flashy. Um, but you can tell that he, I think I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but he's he's starting to seem very protective almost, you know? Like, as soon as it seems that Zenitsu's missing and he's really trying to get to his wives, like, he very much is not necessarily desperate to save them, but very serious about it. And, you know, to the point of using his ninja skills very cool by the way like how he just showed up and then left without making the sound he's so cool oh i love it um but yeah i i never really i don't know that might be controversial i never really saw him as a bad guy like he just was hard to like at first and we're already seeing that grow yeah i mean as they say right the kunai is the most powerful weapon in anime i mean what you got any move coming at you kunai (laughs) that joke will get funnier if you ever watch naruto for anyone listening as well because number of times they use a kunai against some wild ass shit (laughs) all right well nonetheless right we do also get to see a small ounce of fighting here at the episode and tanjiro already seems like he is not okay he said he's already feeling powerless because of the fear he has how do you think this fight will compare to the fights we have seen with previous 12 Kazuki members? Oh, my boy's trying his best, but he is like instantly scared. But also like he clearly was frightened when he says like upper six in his mind and he just like instantly draws his st- sword. Like he still is like, all right, I'm here. Like I'm going to do this. Um, and uh, <sighs> this is gonna be a tough fight. I mean, we already see that like Tandro is is a lot stronger and he's a lot better and he's very fast, but she's able to just like hit him so quickly that like he couldn't react and he couldn't move partially because he was so scared, but also like he hit his back super hard to the point of like she hit him with all the force where most people would die from just that. And of course, this is anime, and you know, I was kind of giggling because that happens to characters all the time where they get thrown against a wall and it breaks and stuff and they like are always okay. So it's like, oh, that would have killed him. Right, right. Um, but it definitely is, like we keep saying, this is about to be a pretty flashy fight, I think. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult fight. And I agree that it's not great that Tanjiro is so nervous right away. Um, he, he even goes to say something along the lines of like, I have to do this. I don't have a choice. Like whether or not I think I can, I have to. I have to do this right now. But I'm sure that he is probably as strong as he may have gotten over the last several months since everything with the Mugen train. I think that in some ways his hope may be a little bit cracked around the edges too because mm. – the stakes have been set higher with Rengoku not being able to beat, a, uh, sorry, not being able to beat one of the 12 moons as a Hashira. Um, that's got to be horrifying. It like completely shatters 
I think the reality that he had perceived up till that point. And in some amount, I'm sure that what he's probably thinking is like, if Rengoku couldn't beat one of these, how the heck am I supposed to be able to? I'm going to try. I have to. I don't have a choice. I'm a demon slayer. This is what I'm going to do. But I do think that something about that is probably going to be lingering at the back of his mind moving forward. Right. Um, I think at this point, right, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, right? Like his goal of overall turning Nezuko back to a demon is really put in, you know, pure peril here when he has to kind of go at this solo. And I think not that this is his first time going solo against someone, right? Because we've seen this before, but this is the first time where it's someone of purely high caliber in um, really great parallels called out by both of you in that one. So, of course, right, we do get a great closeout to the episode. Tondro is standing his ground against someone who I would say is a little bit out of his power range um, and saying it's not if, but I must take on this upper ranked demon. How did that make you feel? I know my heart was fluttering when he said that. I felt afraid for him. Fluttering is a good a good description, I think. Um, like I just said, we have not had a lot of time here in between like trauma um, to the next fight. And I know that that's kind of to be expected with a show that's aptly named Demon Slayer. Like this is the way it's going to go. It's going to be fight after fight. But at the same time, part of me is like, I want to protect him. Like I don't want him to have to fight, but I understand that he does need to. Um, and maybe he's going to end up surprising himself in this fight too but I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't a little bit nervous knowing that reality for Tanjiro and for us as viewers was shattered by the last arc so like nervous nervous butterflies I think yeah agreed I think that there is that you called out something very important Emily is that like going through what he's gone through has to mess with your brain and yes he is stronger yes he is growing but like Compared to some of his first fights where he wasn't as strong, he had already been through a lot. But now he's seen, you know, he's seen multiple, like, 12 Kizuki. He's seen someone die in front of him that he thought was so powerful and he couldn't do anything about it. So, like, that all has to go through your head. So it definitely makes it more scary for the audience too because you know this is the first battle we have since we like genuinely lost a main character in a battle so now you're going like is it gonna be a hashira are we gonna lose someone this battle are we not gonna lose someone this battle could it be you know one of those shows that'll kill off a main character who knows um so it's definitely a nervous fluttering but i do have to say my heart also flutters with the way he just even though he's got all that going on and you know that he's more scared than he's been, that he's got more of like this emotion behind it because he's lost people and he knows that he's still got a long ways to go. He's still standing his ground and he's still, you know, choosing to fight when in reality, he probably could have just been like, yeah, never mind. I'm going to do what Tengen said and, and flee, you know, but that's not Tantro. So. Nice. Nice. Well, of course, right? We come to the end and we want to do our favorite moments. My favorite moment was actually Donkey giving Tondro compliments by saying his moves weren't half bad midair and that she's starting to get fond of him. 
I think it's always fun when there's a dynamic of playfulness in these very, uh, you know, heavy and um, gravity filled moments. It adds to stakes, I think, by creating such a contrast to the powerful fighting with such levity and conversation, which I think is kind of an important call out. Yeah, agreed. Um, My favorite moment I literally just talked about and we talked about a little bit, but it has to like. If I pinpoint it, it it is Tanjiro's line of no, it's not a matter of if I can do it, I will do it. It I've used that quote multiple times. It's very Tanjiro and it's very just like a good quote. Like, yes, Tanjiro, like you got all the good quotes, my kid. Um, but like we just talked about, everything that's going on inside his brain, all of what he's been through, like he's still choosing to stand his ground, and it's such a powerful moment. I really enjoyed that. But I do have to call out the soundtrack for when he starts using uh, his water breathing against Docky the first time. We've heard the theme, the water breathing theme multiple times, but this is, it's just so good. I listened to that little part on repeat because the OST is just so good and it continues to get better. So I'm super excited uh, to see where the OST goes from here as well. Absolutely. Um I think I'm going to have to agree with Hannah here and uh, this little moment with Tanjiro, I think holds more weight for me after revisiting all the Mugen train and everything before that led up to this at this point and knowing how much more room there could be for potential to grow proud, but scared for him to pick something different. Um, I liked, I, I did like Tengen threatening the guy <laughs> in <laughs> Uh, you know, the other house, I think um, that was probably the moment for a lot of people where he became like a decently popular character. It was easy to love Rengoku. I don't know anybody that doesn't love him because he was just like so sweet and the embodiment of everything you would expect a Hashira to be. Tengen's a little rougher around the edges when it comes to his approach, I think. And this moment was one of the first times that it felt like we were observing, I think, uh, a Hashira. So it was cool. It was cool to see him get like defensive and, you know, beyond his most serious behavior. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we had a similar thing with Rengoku where like we didn't see his like full Hashira behavior. And I think, um, you know, like you said, it's a little bit softer and easier to get to him. Hannah, I think for your moment, I really like that you always find the smallest things about Tanjiro to love. I think that's why you guys have both really great perspectives. So nice work, you two. Love it. Well, that brings us to the end of this one. And now now it's not the end of the entertainment district. It is the end of the jokes for this one. And as you can clearly tell, we are getting to the end of it. So we hope that you had a great time listening today. Of course, don't forget to tell your friends about us. Get Help us get some listens. We're almost at a thousand downloads on Buzzsprout. And we've finally gotten some international downloads. So thank you to those of us over in Japan who have followed. We appreciate it and downloaded. Hannah's going to keep trying to use her Japanese on the podcast. Um, So don't you worry about that. You'll get more of that as well. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Hashira Half Hour. And we also have our Twitter at Hashira Half. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And we'll see you next week. Umai. Umai. Arigatou gozaimasu and umai. <laughs>